Seven Line FM Sting and the police are there. It's every breath you take. If you smoke, that gets to be a problem sometimes. It's 841 now. 19 here before 9. Time to check in and see what Wall Street's doing to your IRA and your 401k this morning. It's going to be a real busy week. This is kind of the last of the relatively quiet days because we start getting government data dumps up the yin-yang starting tomorrow. Let's see what's going on with Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services, who's on the line this morning. Philip, good morning. How you doing? Good, good morning, Dave. How you doing? Well, today it is uh, Tuesday, and uh, man, yesterday ended up being not such a bad day on Wall Street. You know, I was honestly shocked by it because I didn't hear any news that really prompted it up. But the Dow was up by 210 points. Standard & Poor's up by 11, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a full quarter percent. NASDAQ was up by 25. And the VIX actually fell a little bit yesterday. So it was a planned up, uh, a planned up swing, I guess, because uh, even the volatility index stabilized a little bit. All in all, I'd call that a win for the day, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would too, based on what we started to see at the morning time. Um, so, so that's good to, to start off the week in, in green territory. Uh, the question will be, as uh, we start to see some earnings come through and economic numbers start to hit this week, can we maintain that green ink? And that's going to be the big kahuna number for the week as to what goes on. All we've got this morning in terms of market moving government data dump is uh, actually some relatively good news. Uh, the National Federation of Independent Businesses introduces their small business optimism index. And, uh, okay, fine, it's a, it's a sideline, sidebar type report, but any good news is good news. And I gather businesses feel a little bit better right now than they did six months ago. It was. It was good. Uh, the number that came in was like a 91, which was, you know, a little bit above expectations. Not much, but I guess the real relevant point is, is that it's uh, a seven-month high for that, that index. Yeah. And that's good news that uh, the very least the people we're buying from are optimistic. We're going to buy more from them. Uh, kind of throw out the other side of that coin. One of the announcements came out this morning. And once again, when you talk about bad news for individuals, this could be good news for the Federal Reserve. Microsoft announced they're going to cut a whole pile more jobs out of their workforce. That after the 10,000 layoffs they announced in January. Uh, so the employment market is starting to show signs of softening just a little bit. And again, this is anecdotal, but it's what the Fed's looking for when they make their interest rate decisions in a week or two. It is, and that's um, you know that's going to go to those first-time claims once they actually pull the trigger and lay those folks off, and uh, and that's one of those numbers that uh, is looked at uh, by the Fed. Absolutely. Now the big Kahuna Day is going to be tomorrow because tomorrow we get the uh, this is going to be the uh, consumer price index for month-over-month figures from June. They're expecting. A little acceleration, according to my sheet. Uh, we were 0.1% last month. They're expecting three-tenths of a percent interest in the CPI report tomorrow. And I'm looking at that and saying, why is the market so happy? Because if that actually happens and we actually accelerate a little bit, then we start looking at interest rate increases more in line of what the Hawks are talking about. Well, I think because overall they're looking at a little different number. So if you look at the core expectations, it was four tenths of a percent last month. They expected to drop to three tenths um, this month. 
And I guess the big difference is probably going to be the um, the year over year number is expected mm-hmm. to fall uh, from four percent to three point one on the I was uh, overall CPI. I was going to say I'm not sure I know how the math works how the year over year could fall while the month over month goes up, but I'll take the math and I'll live with it one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, you never know those it, guys, you know. It's the government. What can I say? I, I mean, one thing you, you know, we talked about small business optimism. I've got an economist that was uh, writing one of his uh, blog columns that I found this morning, saying that if the CPI ends up continuing to show declines especially the core, and then when we get to the personal consumption numbers, if, it's keep, if it keeps going down, based on inflation data, he says he thinks the S&P can surge a whole hundred points this week if things go right. This I week? That would, be a big, uh, that would be a big surge uh, for the that, whole week. That would start <clears throat> approaching bubble territory, which makes me wonder what some of these columnists smoke in their off hours. But <laughs> there is there is some optimism that's floating out there, and it's obviously bleeding over into the economists, and especially given light of what we were talking about yesterday, with earnings season on the horizon, the big banks start reporting on Friday, they're expecting, according to FactSet, uh, the Standard & Poor's to end up with like a decline of 7% in earnings year over year now. Okay, if you do what you say you're going to do and beat the street, that's good news. But the absolute numbers are 7% below last year. I'm not sure I can justify a major league stock price increase for company ABC that does that. Can you? Yeah, I I agree with you there. I I think that we get so narrow-minded when we look at earnings season and how the company performs is that we don't look at year-over-year numbers. And, and that's really, you're right, that's what we should be looking at because that's the, the profitability number, right? If they're not doing as well as they did last year, then, then their stock price should be going down, not up. But, that, you know, you get emotion in there and the traders get in there and it's a different story. Absolutely. And the traders and the analysts aren't helping a bit. Uh, FactSet says that uh, 57% last year, 57% of FactSet's analyst ratings on stock were a buyer equivalent ratings. Only 6% were a, a sell or equivalent. Uh, I mean, even the, even the analysts are at the point of trying to move more stocks one way or the other, come heck or high water. And uh, yet, doggone it all, the, the primary measure of the value of a company is, to my mind, its price-earnings ratio. How much profit do I buy per dollar I invest in a company? And the number of dollars I buy with an inflating stock number uh, the number of dollars of profit that I buy is likely to be 7% less this year than it was last year, which means those ratios are going through the roof, everything being relative. And, well, I'd be, I'm not cheering for a decline. I, I would think a plateau would be smart investment right now as far as the overall indexes. Yeah, I, I got to think that there's, um, you know, when they start looking at those numbers, and, and we'll see, right, when earnings season hits, you know, what are those, what happens to the stock price uh, year over year and uh, quarter over quarter based on what those earnings come out at? And and do they, you know, are the traders or investors really looking at um, how well the company is doing based on the prior year? Or are they just looking at the current information? And then you know, that, that's the point of concern, because to my mind anyway, uh, the definition of a bubble isn't where the absolute prices go up. It's when the price-earnings ratio goes out of defensible ranges. That's when you get a bubble, and that's when you start cruising for a bruising, to my mind. 
Yeah, and, and you know, hey, if they keep this trajectory, then that, that could be a possibility. And that's a concern, at least at least on this boy's part, and there's my rant for the day. Uh, earnings season, like we said, doesn't start in earnest until Friday. We'll probably have a couple of household names we'll hear about before then, but the big banks go crazy and dump on dump earnings figures on us in mass on Friday morning. We got a straggler left over from last quarter. Uh, an old uh, red green line saying that uh, if it's supposed to move and doesn't, you use WD-40. If it isn't supposed to move and does, you use duct tape. Well, I don't have <laughs> duct tape, but W but WD-40 did report. How are they doing? WD-40 did report. They they beat expectations. Um, their earnings came in about sixteen cents ahead of expectations at a dollar thirty-eight, which was uh, good for them. They um, their net sales were a hundred and almost one hundred forty-two million dollars as a fifteen percent increase from the prior year. So here we're looking at year over year number. So a good a good number for uh, WD forty, and it's got their stock moving up this morning five and a half percent. That's interesting. I guess there's a lot of things that are supposed to move that aren't. <laughs> yeah. I noticed it, you talk about home sundries and the home tools and whatnot. I just got a little thing there saying 3M stock up got upgraded too. another do-it-yourself product that uh, that does well. They make a whole lot of stuff that consumers buy themselves to upgrade their homes. So evidently there's a little bit more do-it-yourself in going on than there is uh, other items. Yeah, they, they got upgraded. Um there was a couple upgrades. You, you got um, actually U.S. Bank Corp. got upgraded. J.P. Morgan got upgraded by a couple companies. Um, Zilla got upgraded. So we're, we're getting uh, several upgrades coming up here in, in earnings, the beginning of earnings season. Yeah, all the advance warnings and whatnot so that we don't surprise the analysts too much because uh, something you and I've said before that a big surprise to the upside offers some question as to whether or not management knows for sure what they're doing as well. So they all want to just basically beat the street by a penny or two and make their investors happy at the end of it all. Well, yeah. And, and so, you know, if there's a big miss or a, or a big overshoot, then, you know, you wonder what the analysts were looking at. <laughs> yeah. Resummarizing things, it was an update yesterday, actually a pretty doggone good one. Looking at my delayed quotes, I'm seeing some green ink again this morning on the futures. 45 minutes, how we doing? We are looking really pretty good today, Dave. Uh, the Dow Jones Industrial 30 is up about a third of a percent. The uh, S&P 500 is up a quarter. NASDAQ 100 is up a quarter of a percent. And the uh, Russell 2000 is up a little over a third of a percent. So uh, good news on that front. Silver's basically even from the close yesterday, but the close yesterday was up quite a bit from yesterday when you and I spoke. It's uh, trading about $23.33 today, uh, this morning, and it was down below 23 yesterday. So gold's up about four tenths. Crude oil's up about a half a percent to $73.40 a barrel, which I, I think is about where it was yesterday. It's in the same neighborhood. I'm still trying to figure out why the run-up from last week. I haven't seen an article yet that explains it, except for just expectations of increased economic activity. Yeah, I haven't seen anything related to oil either. 
Yeah, it's just it's one of those inexplicables, but I don't like it when the gas price goes up. Overseas markets are kind of seconding our emotion. Asian rim markets were up universally across the board this morning, including some pretty good ones. Taiwan was up by a percent and a half. The Hong Kong market up by a full percent. It was a good day in the Asian rim. Europe is marginally up. The only outlier is the Great Britain markets. They're off by just a tinge off of inflation news over there. And that's almost flat, three one-hundredths of a percent down. Everybody else is up substantially. Keeping track of retirement funds on a day-by-day basis can drive a person crazy. It takes a plan to be able to make sure you can retire the way you hoped to. How do I find you to get that plan, Philip? That's, that's exactly the reason we created the core retirement design, to help people design that retirement they always dreamed of. Give us a call. 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement analysis. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730 and 95.3 FM. And tomorrow morning, we've got the inflation numbers right here on Light FM at the same time. I'll see you then, sir. All right, man. Have a great day. Thank you, Philip. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Remember that. Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. Hope your week has got to a great start. Join us again tomorrow for tomorrow's update. Same time, same place. Until then, have a great day.